I've made investments over the first few years of my career that didn't support me in any way, that sat there waiting for me to pick it up, waiting for me to to actually take action. And therefore, I've wasted, wasted thousands of dollars sitting there in these courses, in these programs, or with people that maybe didn't quite align with my values because I was all in on the key sales messaging. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. And that mission has led me to create the Become a Better Investor community. In the community, you get access to tools you need to create, grow, and protect your wealth. You also get our weekly live sessions. And most importantly, you get access to the risk reduction lessons I've learned from more than 600 guests. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to claim your spot. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guests, Harriet Meller. Harriet, are you ready to join the mission? I am ready. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the audience. Harriet is a sales transformation coach, serial entrepreneur, consultant, and CEO of Your Sales Co. She is passionate about growing businesses and removing the stigma from sales. Over the past 17 years, she's helped hundreds of top companies around the world, including her own, make more money using simple, powerful, and proven sales strategies that work. From scaling sales teams to million-dollar business growth by applying her signature sales success method, Harriet's clients have experienced impactful and sustainable results. Harriet is on a mission to empower 1,000 business owners and salespeople to grow to six and seven figures and beyond using simple and well-planned processes with focus on sales activity and efforts. My goodness, Harriet, take a moment and tell us about the unique value that you bring to this wonderful world. Thank you, Andrew. I'm going to say the unique value is based on very much value-driven sales methods because one of the biggest challenges when it comes to sales, I get people coming to me asking for non-sleazy, non-pushy. I don't want to sound salesy. I don't want to follow up. Whereas actually, if we flip that around and say, well, don't sell, don't, don't push anything, just add value, add value always, lead with service, and you will see those results. And that may sound wishy-washy, and it probably does at this point, but that teamed along with some you know, incredible processes, incredible methodologies, you will see success when you lead with value. And I believe that's the value proposition that I bring specifically to this industry. So let's give an example. Maybe let's look at one of my courses as an example. It's called the Valuation yeah. Masterclass. And I teach people how to value companies. So I was thinking about, okay, I lead with value. One of the things I try to do is I try to do YouTube videos where I value companies and try to demonstrate and say, here's what I think this company's worth and here's why. And, you know, it's, it's fun. And I do think that people get to understand, you know, what they're doing. But what else? I mean, a lot of times I will talk about my program, like we do this, we do that, we do this, we do that. And I feel like I need to get better at helping to understand the value that they're going to get by attending the course. How would you advise someone like myself and think about my listeners in general that do have 
little businesses, bigger businesses that are trying to figure out better ways to reach the market? Yeah, incredible. I love I love these questions. Thank you. So with regards to finding that sweet spot of what it is that people are actually going to get from your programs or your courses, we need to get the exact wording and language that previous clients have used. So one of the biggest mistakes I see, especially on those sales pages and info pages, is we generalize the outcome because we're trying to reach more people. Whereas if we use the specific language and wording and outcome and how they felt and the journey they went on, specifically, you will connect with way more people than if you try and generalize what it actually was that they achieved. And the reason for that is because we're connecting. If you can connect with one person that had the outcome, you can connect with a thousand more. That's ultimately, you know, the rule out there. And you know, I guess really tied in with that, you've got the way that you're delivering value and content through your YouTube videos will allow you to add value by showing them how you value that business, by showing them the methodology or the steps or the thought process you went through to come up with that valuation. And if you explain that and share that, it sometimes feels counterintuitive to give it all away. But actually, people don't value what they haven't invested in. And so therefore, they're not going to necessarily put everything into practice. And the chances are they'll watch only a handful of videos. But if we can connect very specifically, use what it is that our clients have told us before, you're going to connect on a a much higher level. The point that you made, and you mentioned it before we turned on the recorder, was the idea of getting people to complete your programs and all that. And one thing uh, somebody... I was in Indonesia, in Jakarta, a few years ago, and I was asked to give a speech about a book that I wrote about how to start building your wealth, investing in the stock market, and very simple stuff that I was saying and teaching. And some young students came up to me and they said, you know, if it's this simple to make, to to become rich in the stock market, like, why are you explaining it and all that, you know, why not just do it and not explain it, you know, because other people are just going to all do it. And I said, I said, well, it's an excellent question, but I want to ask you a question. And that is, If you go to the library and you look in the section for weight loss, are there a small number of books or a large number of books? And they said, well, there's a large number of books on weight loss. And I said, and basically there's enough information in those books that you could lose weight. Correct? Correct. So my question is, is the world skinny? No, it's not. Because it's not about the information. It's about the transformation that we deliver. And so you just made me think about that. And one of the things that I found was that I always heard the statistic that a typical course, only 10% make it to the end if it's not guided or something like that. And I found that myself. And that's why I converted one of my courses. You can still take it online as like on demand, but I also created the boot camp. So I call it the valuation masterclass boot camp. <laughs> and I wear my fancy hat, which is my drill instructor hat. And I get a 70% completion rate because it's a six-week guided program. I'm just curious, like what's been your experience about how to make sure that you're delivering the value that you know you have and you want to deliver? So I always start with in-person. That's how I know the values there. So I generally, and that's my recommendation for anyone because at the moment, everybody's trying to go online. They've obviously gone online because of the of the way the world's been over the last few years. But now people are saying, okay, well, I want to travel again. And therefore I don't want to be stuck to my desk or to a physical location. And so my first question is always, can you add the same value being online? That's my first question. Because if you can't, let's stop there. Let's not have any further conversations. 
if you can still add value online, then you want to then create a program or create a course or some form of methodology that you can implement with people physically in person if that's the way you're already doing it. So I always recommend to test it with your with your people in person, that beat around, and then develop it. Because what I've seen to all too often happen is that you create this as what we think an incredible course, and then we put it online, and then people are like, this doesn't make sense, and it doesn't, you know, I've got to go from here to here to here. And you end up evolving it. And so you spend months trying to create this course, and then you spend months on doing everything that you just did. So my recommendation for that is, will it add value? If it does add value, can you create it in an in-person environment? get real life feedback, get people that are actually going to give it a go and give you feedback of where they were and where they ended up at the end and how they felt the process was. Take real genuine feedback of what didn't work, of what they didn't like, and then put it into an online program. So that's great advice for the listeners and the viewers is that, you know, go out and test your material like a comedian, you know, take your material to the audience. Yeah. And I'll tell you a funny story. When I decided to go online with the boot camp and think about how I could grow it, you know, globally rather than just in Thailand and how I could move my rates from 10% completions to higher, I decided, okay, let's try the boot camp. So it was kind of during the middle of the pandemic. And Thailand didn't get hit by the pandemic until later. So, but things were kind of shut down. But I basically got seven young people, not even young. I mean, I had one person, she was a dentist that was about 40 years old. And I set it up so that everybody reported to my house at 7 a.m. Five days a week for six weeks. And I think we originally had like eight and we had six that graduated. And once we finished that six-week intense program at my house, it was like, all right, this now we've tested it. We can see what we want to improve. We got verbal feedback right there. You know, we could just see what was working, what wasn't. And now we're just about to launch valuation masterclass number six. And I call that one number zero. And so we've done six. This will be our sixth online one. And we just keep iterating. So I think for, for the audience out there, that's super valuable advice. Mm, Yeah, because again, you want to lead with value, lead with service. And the only way to do that, that meets your goals personally of freedom, of travel, of being able to run this business anywhere and whatever else that may tick a box for, we want to make sure that we're giving the outcome because if we do it all based on us, that's where the pushy salesy feeling comes from. But we're also not going to deliver the value that that we've been put on this earth to do. Yeah. You know, before we get into the big question of this podcast, I can't help but ask more and talk more about sales because as a financial guy, sales is hard. And I know I have a lot of financial people listening. Sales is hard for financial people. And one of the things that I, you know, I had a great, I read a great book and I, I came up with a story, the story of my transformation from someone who didn't really, I studied finance, but I didn't know anything. And I became an analyst here in Thailand in 1993. And 15 years later, I became a number one ranked analyst in Thailand. And it took a long time. And what I, I tell that story of my ups and downs over that time. And it certainly can, can show the students that I've been there and I can take you there. But what I realized was missing was that, and this was, uh, this was coming from a guy named Keenan, his book, Gap Selling. He talked about, you know, what you really need to do is identify where your potential client is and where you're going to deliver them to and, and help really understand that gap. 
And you talked a lot more about it. And I thought to myself, yeah, you know, what's missing from that is that there's a lot of people that listen to my story and they're like, yeah, well, you studied finance. Oh, yeah, well, you devoted your whole life to it. Or, yeah, you had a certain circumstances that doesn't apply to me. So then I decided, okay, I would identify four kind of general types, you know, a recent grad, an aspiring financial professional that's not getting where they want to go. And so I went through four different types. And as we speak right here, as we're talking yesterday, the day before, and today, I'm creating profiles of these general groups, but then specific students, when they came in, what did they say? Because I do surveys at the beginning. So I have their initial words at the beginning, like, well, I'm worried that I couldn't, you know, whatever. And then we can see the transformation that happens. And then I show, okay, this guy got promoted. This lady got a job. This one got this. And now I'm really personalizing it into that transformation that the potential prospect can say, oh, I can relate to that person, not relate to me, but relate to the prior customers. It took me a long time to figure this out, but maybe am I, am I getting closer to getting better with this? That's my question. Yeah, of course you are. And, and, you know, the question you asked me before about how do you connect with more people with your programs? Exactly that. Create the profiles, understand who you're speaking to. And again, there's, there's lots of barriers we can put in our way when we're trying to work out what the next step is. And that comes from our ego. It comes from fear. And if we can then look at you and your journey and go, oh, well, I, I can't do that because I don't have that. I can't do that because I don't have that. There's always a reason why we can't have what someone else has got. But actually, when someone else has achieved something, it just shows us the path, shows yeah. that somebody else has been there and therefore you too can do it. And whether you're like me, whether you're like this person or this person or this person, know that we can have some form of transformation and your transformation will look different to their transformation. And that's okay. What do you want from this program? Yeah, I just love it. Last night, I had someone sign up for the upcoming boot camp, And it's a person I know, a lady here in Thailand that signed up to learn about valuation. And she is a associate professor of medicine. She is a medical doctor. She's an orthopedic surgeon with a lot of experience. And you think, why is she signing up? When a lot of people come to the course to get a job in finance, well, she's not trying to get a job in finance. And then But the way that I talked to her, when she and I talked about it, she's like, well, I don't know if it's for me or not. I said, well, let me introduce you to one of my prior students. His name is Anop, and he is a doctor, a medical doctor. And during the COVID crisis, he was taking the boot camp and he would show up like in scrubs after treating patients from his hospital to be on the call. And he did all the assignments and he graduated and he got a much deeper understanding of finance and valuation and how to, you know, build his portfolio. And now he's graduated and she's like, sold. (laughs) is the power of storytelling so if you can sell through storytelling you're selling a story and you're selling someone else's story so when you're in an environment where it's one-on-one and it's you and I having this conversation if you tell me about Sarah and about John and about Dave and about Kate I feel their stories and although they're not there to tell their own story your story makes it genuine your story makes it makes allows me to be able to understand the journey they've been on and therefore potentially relate myself. And when you choose the right stories based on the fact that you saw that she was medical, the fact that she was, you know, still on the fence, look, I totally hear you. We had another client and this is what he did and this is how he showed up and this is what he got from it. Does, you know, can you, can you see yourself now doing that? Can that, does that feel like a reality? And it does. And it's incredible. As long as you've, again, as long as you've chosen the right story, there are ways where you could choose just the same story every time and it will only resonate 50% of the time. But if you've got, you know, a a number of stories to to work from, and then you understand the client or potential client and match that with a story, incredible results. 
Yeah. And before we get into the big question of this podcast, what's the best way for people to be in touch with you or to learn from you? You know, where where would be the best place for them to go? So two places. So I've got the Sell Like You podcast and it's just full of resources and tools and examples and real life, real world experiences. And then I've then got a free blogs and freebies resource page on the Your Sales Co website, so yoursalesco.com. And they can come there, ask me questions. I absolutely love speaking and connecting to people. So I'll have links to that in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. But if you're on listening to right now, you can just go to Sell Like You and you will get to the podcast. All right. Well, first of all, Harriet, thanks so much for the discussion on sales. It's a topic that I have to admit I'm learning. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to and then tell us your story. Yeah. Um, so the worst investment I'm going to share with you today is about investment in personal professional development. I've spent thousands, thousands of dollars. I'm probably into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of investments that I've made in me, in myself because I am my biggest investment and my biggest asset if I invest correctly. However, early on, I made some really poor investments around who I worked with, around how I consumed content. And therefore, it's quite easy to say, oh, there's a program and this looks good. And I'm someone that's a hell yes. Like I am a, like, I want to find something. I want to fix something. I want to get here quicker. I'm going to invest in that and I'm going to go all in. And however, what I've noticed is that I've made investments over the first few years of my career that didn't support me in any way, that sat there waiting for me to pick it up, waiting for me to to actually take action. And therefore, I've wasted, wasted thousands of dollars sitting there in these courses, in these programs, or with people that maybe didn't quite align with my values because I was all in on the key sales messaging. So I'm like the salesperson's, you know, biggest dream. (laughs) So with regards to the journey, is that what you want me to go into next? Well, I think one of the questions I have is like, what's the pain of that? You know, what is it that, you know, and, and if you think back to some specific times, like, I mean, I mean, I look at some money that I've spent for some different things and I've looked back and gone, that was a bad mistake. Mm. I hate wasting money. It's, you know, for me, I think, you know, money is the ability to to unlock opportunities. And if I spend that or put that in the right place, it will accelerate my career or my opportunities. And so I think for me, it's more frustration, but it's also an opportunity to reflect on, on how I value certain content and ways of learning. Mm. Okay. And maybe you can explain a little bit now about what you've learned from this as you look back and think about it and and maybe put it into some context. Yeah. So I think now, I mean, I take, I take longer to make decisions, but I'm also mindful when I'm speaking to people, because again, coming from, you know, teaching people how to sell, you can imagine the the fear or, or concern about getting on a call with me that I'm going to sell them into anything. And actually I'm going to do the total opposite. I'm going to say, you know, is this right for you? You know, what will happen if you do nothing? Like, you know, what, what do you have at your fingertips right now? Let's say you invest nothing. What do you have at your fingertips right now that you could use? Is there something of a free content or free resource or a freebie blog or a podcast episode that I could share with you that will help you get further? And so I look at that in the way that I purchase now is that 
you know, who am I, what, what am I hoping to achieve? I can't pin the outcome on the deliverer because I have to take action. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Is that, you know, and again, so for me, my learnings really have been, if I'm going to invest in something, do I have the time to invest and take action? Because otherwise, what's the point? With regards to the investment I'm making from a monetary perspective, what's my expected ROI on what it is that I'm investing in? And therefore, once I get to that point, if it's going to take me six months or a year or a month to review and implement, where can I be? How will that accelerate my my ability or my capability moving forward? Right. There's a few things that I wrote down. Maybe I'll, I'll share a couple of them that you made me think about. Well, the first thing you said I, I liked is you say, I take longer to make decisions. And to add on to that, in my own case, I also involve other people in my decisions. So I take longer and I involve my team that I work with to say, what do you guys think? And that is super valuable. The only downfall of that is that you end up not doing as many things because, you know, you feel like, <laughs> oh, I thought that was great. Damn. So <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing. The other thing that you were talking about that I, I wrote down, I was thinking about like part of what I tell people now when I talk to them about like, do they want to attend the boot camp as an example is I, I tell them, look, I don't want you in the boot camp if it's not right for you. And so I wrote down, you know, this is not right for you. That was like the idea that like, and there's, there's something my sister introduced me to called the Sandler sales method many years ago. Yeah. She talked to mm-hmm. me about that, but just like trying to basically say, this is not right. You know, getting to the no, like, no, this isn't suitable for you. Oh, no, no, but it, I think it could be. Well, but you know, you're really busy and you know, all that. And, but I think that there is that aspect that, I don't need the trouble of someone coming into my courts and then dropping out and bad reviews and all that. So let's really make sure that this is right for you. And I think that's part of what I'm hearing when I listen to what you said. And then the last thing I wrote down is I'll tell you just a quick story is that somebody, a friend of mine, they know that I'm, I'm into you know all kinds of personal development stuff and read all these books. And they call me and they go, hey, I got tickets to Tony Robbins in Singapore. Let's go. And I said, not interested at all. Because <laughs> no matter what he says, what I'm interested in is the execution and the outcome, not the energy and the hype. I've got the energy. I've got the discipline. I've got the excitement. And I've got good people around me. I don't need to go into an event and be pumped up for two days and then walk out and not execute. I would rather work in a program or with somebody or do something that allows me to see execution happening every single day. So I wrote down outcome, not energy. Those are some of the things I took away. Is there anything else you would add to that? Yeah, yeah I, I would absolutely would. And I'm glad that they that they have been the things that stood out. And I think for me, the, the piece I want to just really hone in on is the no piece, because there's two sides to that. You've got somebody you can say no to if you don't believe they're going to do it. And that will come out in two ways. One is exactly as you said, is they'll go, oh, no, no, but I will, but I, I'm, I'm available and I'm going to make time. And that's great because they're then going to see, you know, how they can make this work. You can support them in, in implementing that, you know, implementing time to take action. 
You've got the other side that they then go, actually, no, I do want this. And you're saying, actually, no, I really don't want you. I really, really don't want you, but thank you. And so what ends up happening there is that you're then again, you're putting that energy out there and one of two things will happen is they'll go, wow, thank you. Or they'll go, actually, hang on a minute. I want this now. And I didn't want it before. And now I want it because you've taken it away. And so it's just making sure that them coming back saying, no, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm ready is not just their ego or, yep. you know, their ability to say, no, no, I, I will do it. I will do it. But actually at the end of it, they go, no, I'm not going to do it anyway. Because again, you're putting this energy out there and you want the right people in there. Because as you said, you don't want the bad reviews. You're only as good as the people that are in your program. So if they are in there and not taking action, not seeing results, and then someone says, oh, what was it like working with Andrew or with Harriet? The answer is going to be, oh, it's all right but they didn't attend anything. So of course it was just all right. So again, it's just making sure that they're taking action. And same thing with anybody, you know, investing in themselves is making sure that they understand what they're going to get out of it. Ask the questions, listen to stories, get real world examples and reviews. And a lot of my clients, especially my, my corporate clients, they will speak to other businesses that have worked with me and get feedback. And I had one recently and they said, you know, if you can get Harriet in person, that was the, that was their feedback. And I didn't know that was the feedback until when they came back and said, yeah, can we add an in-person component? And I was like, yeah, sure. Can I ask why? And they said, because Brendan said you should. (laughs) So, you know, again, get, get those reviews, get those, you know, get that communication flowing. So based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Mm, That is a good question. I would say one action. I would say to map out what they believe they are going to achieve from that and share that with the person that they are speaking to, that they are considering investing in and get their feedback. Great, great advice. Very specific And it's a communication that if you have that and the person's a a good person, a legitimate person, you're going to have a great discussion. All right. Yes. What is a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners, a resource that you've created, podcasts, other things, or something else that has inspired you? Yeah, amazing. I'm going to say, just based on a conversation today, I'm going to say there's a resource called Replicate Your Ideal Client. Mm -hmm. And that is a table format. There's information. It's on the resources page on the Your Sales Co website. Um, So definitely check that one out. That will help you gather that language and get the information that you can support other people with. In terms of, I know we talked about books before we started recording. One of my favorite books has been The E-Myth Revisited. I'm I'm very process driven. I know you are, Andrew. And I, I think that the that the process that the e-myth takes you through, the story that it tells about the success, but also the the ability to fail and pick yourself back up again, I think was great. So definitely recommend that book as well. A great book by Michael Gerber, who's now about 84 Gosh. years old. Yeah. And I just had an email conversation with him and You've come up with the idea of having him on the show to share all that he's learned. So a great, great book, one of the best out there. And I think it's given a great, great recommendation. And also, of course, the resource that you've mentioned on your site, which we'll have a link to in the show notes so that listeners and viewers can go there. All right. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Oh, number one goal. I'm going to say do more in-person large workshop events. That's that's my number one goal. There's been, I do a lot of, of in-person work around Australia and the UK, which has been great. And obviously this year that's been ramping back up again, but I feel like people are, are craving that in-person and I'm finding that there's, I teach a lot of 
you know, I'm going to say short, sharp lessons across maybe half a day on a webinar style, you know, delivery. And for me, I want to get out there across Australia, across the US, across the UK, delivering more in-person, really value-driven workshops that you can implement and see action, take action and see results from over, you know, the initial first couple of weeks. People are craving that. So I think that's a great one. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet joined the Become a Better Investor community, just go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to claim your spot. As we conclude, Harriet, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of A Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? No, thank you so much. Go out there, sell with value, deliver with value. Yeah, thank you. Great advice. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. Let's celebrate that today we added one more person to our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.